ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, fatjacksports.com. That's where you can find him and you could hear him. He's been with us pretty much the majority of the NFL season, getting you ready each and every week. And what a crazy week this is. This is week 18, especially uh, earlier today. The NFL came down and said that the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bill game, Bills game will not be played. Um, and so that throws a, a, a monkey wrench into a lot of different scenarios because because of that, now what happens is does that mean that there could be an eighth seed in the playoffs? It just it it's it's really um, really kind of insane in regard to uh, you know how this is all going to play out, right? You have you have gone down the rabbit hole in here. I mean, you definitely <laughs> have gone down. I mean, you are in the rabbit hole trying to figure out where those things go and where next meal is coming from. Here's what my <laughs> advice to people. Remember this. When it comes to sports gambling, 17 and 18 are very, very specific on how they roll out. Teams with nothing to play for outperform teams with something to play for on a 6 out of 10 basis. If you have teams not, not playing to make the playoffs versus teams that are making the, play, make the playoffs since 1990 – the teams with nothing to play for but a trip to Cabo have covered 63% of the time. Bad teams outperform good teams as it relates to the number over 62% of the time over the last 15 years. I would encourage you to get out of the rabbit hole, quit worrying about the actual games, from a, from a, uh, the, the repercussions, I should say, from a standpoint of what happens if and when and all that. And try just to week, week 18 is the deep end of the pool. If you're a sports gambler, Vegas does not give money away. It's hard enough, even without what happened on Monday night. Now with that, that added information, you can really get lost in the information. And we don't want paralysis by analysis. So I would say keep it simple for sure as we head into this last week of the regular season. All right, let's dive into Saturday. Uh, we've got two games. Kansas City going up against the Raiders. Kansas City favored by nine on the road in Las Vegas. Over under is 52. I have to tell you, Fat Jack, I love Jared Stidham coming out of college, and I'm thrilled that he's getting this opportunity uh, with Josh McDaniels uh, in uh, in Las Vegas. How are you playing this bad boy? I'm, I'm leaning towards yeah, the Raiders. Is he, is, he, is he the new Tom Brady? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Jared Stidham is on his way up in the league for sure, and we don't know. But what we do know is that we have a Kansas City Chiefs team that all year long, especially under Andy Reid over his last few years, when they play mediocre defenses to bad defenses, the totals go under. It's the opposite of what you would think. When they play good defenses, they go over. The only exception to that is against this Las Vegas Raiders team, the only average team they've played from a defensive standpoint that the total has gone over. 
But I suspect what you're what you're saying is that this game's probably going to stay under. When it stays under, you look underdog, and that unknown. And we're going to have this in a ton of these games. I mean, we have teams up and down the line of Washington couldn't decide as of yesterday who they were going to start a quarterback. Some of these guys that we know very little to nothing about are creating value with the line versus these more established winning programs because everybody knows, including the line setters, who should win, who's going to play their their starters, and who's not. But the reality, we get some value playing the underdog here. I'm with you. Vegas has been pretty good at home, covered five of the last six. I think they keep this game close. Not saying they win. I like it more double digits than I do in that eight nine range, which seems to be where it's where it's a hovering right now. But even with that, I think this game's a touchdown game. Give me Vegas plus the points. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, the later game, really exciting one, right? Tennessee going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is what it comes down to. Winner wins the division. Uh, the Jags at home favored by six and a half. The over-under is 40. And as we know, Jack, um, the Tennessee Titans were able to rest players last week. So they're coming in, especially Derrick Henry, ready to go. Josh Dobbs expected to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee. Um I think the Jags win, but I think the Tennessee Titans keep this close. I'm I'm on the Tennessee side. I like the Tennessee getting the points, and also I like the under here at 40. Are we are we are we speaking the ling- the same the same language here? Yeah, I like it a little more. It's a little saucier whenever we disagree on things, but I can't I can't disagree here because of a couple of things. That recency bias we talk about, and the comfortable comfortability, if that's a word, of playing one side of the of the other is absolutely in play in this game. Dobbs, the quarterback, you aren't getting near what you're getting with Trevor Lawrence, especially recently. Looks like he's taken that next step. Jacksonville's looked great over the last month of the season. Everybody's looking at who wins is the most important thing, but people forget about that number. All that's baked in. We, I'm, I'm exactly with you. I think Jacksonville probably wins the game much closer than people think. Uh, Tennessee never gets recognition from what they do from a coaching standpoint on down. They rarely get great quarterback play. They do it with everything else. They do it with defense. They do it with the running game. And they keep games close. They muddy things up. They're like New England where they just make things ugly. That's always going to lead toward underdogs. And with that recency bias, what Jacksonville's done, I think it's absolute value here. This game should be four, four and a half for sure. Tennessee plus the points. Jacksonville gets the win. All right, let's let's take a look at as you said, right? I, I let, let pull me out of that deep dark rabbit hole. Let's talk about the games that we know are going to matter in regard to the grand, uh, the landscape of of the the postseason, and that is Cincinnati at home, favored by seven, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, all expectation, obviously, is that Lamar Jackson is not going to play. But, you know, Cincinnati having to regroup and, and come in and play after such an emotional uh, situation that happened, happened to them last week, I just, you know, I love Cincinnati. They're peaking at the right time. I've already put mon- money down on Cincinnati, potentially possibly winning the Super Bowl. But I just, I don't, I'm staying away from this game. In, any play here for you, Cincinnati favored by seven, over under 40 and a half? No, it's one of those to hold a gun to my head. And I have to pick. Like, it's a difference between throwing out who you think might win and who you're going to put 10000 on. And I don't know who walks up to the window, which becomes part of the problem, and that's Baltimore in this spot. I mean, they're not the type of team in the type of situation where you, you would want to put hard-earned money on them. But the rea- reality is the other side, Anita, we don't really, with Buffalo and Cincinnati, lesser Cincinnati than Buffalo, but exactly what that reaction, we don't have a lot, any data on what happens when we see somebody go through what they went through on Monday night. And how these players respond and how they react is a big part of that. I expect Cincinnati will be easier to get back on track and get back going. But even with that, 
they've been really good against the number. I don't like spots in week 17 and 18 where we have to act like Vegas is just giving away free money. And I don't know who walks up and plays Baltimore. That keeps me off the game entirely. If you made me play it, I'd probably lean towards Cincinnati just from an X and O standpoint. But those type of assumptions will get you in trouble in week 17 and 18. So, yeah, absolutely no play for me. If you made me play, just a lean towards Cincinnati. Same thing with Buffalo and, and me as well, even more so, because, you know, obviously it was, yeah. it was Buffalo Bills player here in this situation. They're at home, favored by seven. The Patriots needing to win to get in as well. Again, uh, you know, I'm I'm staying away from this matchup as well. Uh, what say you? Yeah, and, and Buffalo and New England. This is exactly what they need. They need a Buffalo team that, even if they come back and play well, this is not the worst matchup in the world in the world for New England. They typically do well in this series, especially at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo keeps games lower scoring for the most part. People think they have a high-powered offense. The reality is they go under more than over, and that's exactly what New England has to have, a close, low-scoring game to win. They're not great at quarterback. They're not doing great, great things on offense, so they need that. Um, I would say there's, that with everything happening Monday, I think there's much easier spots. Let me give you a bright spot. The New York football Jets. All right, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Anita. You have a Jets team playing for absolutely nothing, playing a Miami team that is playing for something in South Florida, yet lo and behold, the line has jumped the fence and, and Jets are giving a point at a point and a half. This is a head-scratcher line. The general public is going to file in on Miami for exactly what we talked about. Jets beat them 40-17 to 17 early in the year. They play great defense under five of their last six. Miami needs a shootout. That when we were bragging about the Dolphins midway through the season is because they were scoring a ton of points. Jets hold them down both at home and on the road. By the way, I'm in South Florida right now getting ready to jump on a plane to London, and it is cool down here. Not super hot right now, not super humid. That obviously benefits the Jets if that holds into the weekend, which I think it's going to. That's a much better spot to try to figure out how long it takes for Buffalo to get out of what they saw enough to play football to not only win a game on Sunday but cover the number. Yeah, and the fact that the Miami Dolphins just signed Mike Lennon, who was god-awful for the Giants last year, should say enough. Um, I, I like the under in this matchup at 38 and a half. Another another game that's really important is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home minus two and a half. Them having to win uh, in order to get in. The Cleveland Browns, their season is over. And there's some talk and speculation that this might be Mike Tomlin's last year, as we know, has never finished with a losing record. There's added motivation there as well. Defensive-wise, they've been playing extremely well since T.J. Watt has returned. I like the Steelers, minus 2.5, and, and I like the under here at 40.5. Any play in this matchup? Yeah, You can go broke betting against Mike Tomlin. He's great as an underdog. He's good with lesser talent. He almost always outperforms the market with what he's got. The times he does it is when his, his team just turns the ball over. And, and they, these receivers are coming along. They're playing better. They're getting better on offense. And their defense is certainly, you know, competent for sure. Um, I'm with you. I, I, Cleveland, especially offensively, who knows what you're going to get. They're not scoring any points since they, you know, they got the quarterback that, that, that's playing and not, not producing for him, making millions and millions of dollars. So if you can't score, you play right into what some of these teams this time of year especially need certain types of games to be competitive. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot afford to get games into the 30s. They're not going to score a ton of points. But if you don't score a bunch of points against them, they will outcoach you. They will outplay call you, and they will outperform you late in the game. I think that's what happens here. I'm with you. These are two teams very similar on paper, but one of them a much better coaching situation. I think a much better quarterback situation at this point in the year. I like the Steelers as well. Again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, joining us here on ESPN. Uh, the NFC East, very interesting how this is all going to play out, right? Because all four teams are playing at the same time. Uh, the Giants getting 14, I could tell you for a fact, uh, all the stars are going to be resting for the Giants. They have no gas in the tank, and Brian Dable wants to get them ready for the postseason. Meanwhile, the Eagles playing without Lane Johnson. Uh, which they're 9-22 and 22 straight up without him. Uh, Jalen Hurts dealing with a bum shoulder. 14 points is a lot. Meanwhile, for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to be scoreboard watching uh, because uh, the only way that they have a chance, of course, of, of being winning the NFC East is if the Eagles do lose to the Giants. I don't believe that they do. I just don't like the, the 14. Give me the Giants with the 14. Dallas favored by 7. Any way that you are playing this NFC East scenario? Uh, no, the only the people who watch the scoreboards are us. We're going to care. And if Dallas <laughs> watch the scoreboard, they're going to they're going to turn the ball over more than one time in the game, throwing interceptions. I mean, for those of you who are Cowboy fans out there, you are again living a pipe dream if you think this team's going to the Super Bowl. They are great defensively. Parsons has been an incredible addition, but you can't turn you can't throw one an interception per game, actually over that, which is what they're doing offensively, and beat anybody that's really good. So they're going to lose. Now, it's a matter of what, from what seed and how, how upset everybody is who's a Cowboy fan. I'm not Cowboy hater. I'm just telling the truth. Um, I would not touch that game at all. The other game, again, you've got, you've got one team resting, get ready for the playoffs. The other team maybe trying to get their momentum back or get things going the right way, but two touchdowns at a time. I would probably go ahead and lay the points in that one because I think a lot of people would say, what you're saying, well, what are we actually doing here? How, how much risk do we put our starters into in that situation, but Philly has a lot to play for. They can rest players late if they get a big lead. I suspect they will because of the motivation for the Giants from a personnel standpoint. So that'd be the only play in the game, and then a lean for the under in both of them. All right, last one for you before I let you go. I know you've got a plane to catch uh, heading across the pond, of course, and that's the Rams going up against Seattle. Seattle needing to win uh, to, to get in. Uh, they are favored by six. The over-under is at 41 and a half. But going up against the Rams team, granted, they lost to the Chargers last week. But this is the last stage, the last opportunity for Baker Mayfield to show what he can do, strut his stuff for an opportunity for a team to come knocking to be their starting quarterback next year. And I love what we've seen from Cam Akers as of late. How are you playing this Rams-Seattle game? And six out of ten teams that are playing for nothing but a trip to Cabo cover in the last week of the season since 1990. That's important to remember because every the, the number bakes in the fact that Seattle needs to win and that the Rams don't have to and all those other things. I think there's absolutely value here. This is a 24-20 type game uh, and with the Rams to have a chance late. They will – when the ball is snapped, teams play hard. All right, coaches coach to win. Now, the fans, the GM, all those, they may have ulterior motives and want different things to happen, but players play to win and coaches coach to win. You're getting all the starters, all hands on deck with the Rams. I think they're absolutely in a good spot. You're getting a little value with how Seattle played last week. Other people think they maybe they're back. I, I love what they did last week. I just think they're not going to cover this number. So, yeah, give me the Rams plus the points. 
Love it. Have a fantastic flight. Happy New Year to you and yours. Always great having you on ESPN uh, Radio with us, Fat Jack. Appreciate you. Uh, FatJackSports.com. Check him out uh, all the time, giving you uh, all the great insight on how you could win money this season, especially in the NFL. Fat Jack, thank you so much. And playoffs next week, and made a great time of year. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, we, we, are, we are in it to win it. Uh, Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Let's digest. We'll also open up the phone lines, 877-710-3776. What say you? Uh, really interesting way to try to navigate through week 18, especially with so much uncertainty uh, ahead of us in, in what the NFL is going to do, especially with the playoff scenario and the landscape. So we'll dive into that even more when we get back. 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. All right, so Justin Fields uh, came in on Monday uh, morning um, with a sore hip. And he... You know, which many times happens to players, you know, they come in with a soreness that they didn't anticipate to be like that. And uh, so we, we sent him to get an MRI uh, on his hip, and he uh, that showed that he had a strain in his hip. Um, so uh, he's not going to be at full speed this week, and the medical staff has ruled him out uh, for this week. Um, this is not a long-term injury, um, so just so we know that. Um, Nathan Peterman will be the starting quarterback. Nathan Peterman. Nate being the quarterback for uh, for the Chicago Bears. So very interesting. Uh, so the Chicago Bears are getting seven and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> uh, the Houston Texans, what's that line right now? Um, are getting two and a half against the Colts. So the Bears and the Texans are going to be competing this weekend for the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. So uh, let's rewind to 2014 when Lovey Smith tanked when he was head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, And of course they drafted Jameis Winston. So uh, <laughs> it happens. Coaches do it. They tank, especially when you want this year, boy, especially, man, if you're the Bears, you've got your quarterback, you get the number one overall pick, boy, there's a lot of desperate teams uh, that are going to be in the market for the best quarterback coming out of this year's NFL draft, uh, who is willing to offer a, a, a nice amount uh, to move up to get that number one pick, so uh, I do not expect the Bears or the Houston Texans to win, hence why uh, they are dogs. So, um, and the fact that, uh, that Nate is is quarterbacking, starting quarterbacking for the for the Bears, there's no surprise there. So, how am I playing these? I'm staying away from the the point total. Um, I do like the under uh, in the Vikings Bears game at 44 and a half. Um, I do believe at some point in time the Vikings are going to rest their players. Um, Justin Jefferson, after an embarrassing, let's be honest, Kipana, a very embarrassing week last week where Jair Alexander just totally shut him down. He's trying to win offensive player of the year, um, and, and the receiving crown. 
So uh, I do expect him to get a lot of targets early. Um, and so we'll see what happens there. Maybe I'll play the Vikings in the first half if I'm going to play that game. But you know, you're playing with fire here because the motivation here for the Bears and the Houston Texans is to lose uh, because they, they, they both want that number one overall pick in, uh, in this year's NFL draft. Just F- FYI. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks claim that they're going to start their starters. Uh, does that mean that Tom Brady's going to play? I, I don't know. Why? Like, you've got the four seed. Why? 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 It's going up against Atlanta. I think it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. This is, this is what uh, Todd Bowles says. He says that he's going to start his starters. I don't quite understand it. Um, but uh, before we take a break, and we're going to switch gears here for a minute because Andre Snelling is, Snellings is going to join us on the program, and we're going to talk some NBA getting you ready for the Lakers-Hawks game tomorrow, also some futures bets and some prop bets as well. Um, we've got two games on Saturday. So how am I playing these? I like the Raiders. Uh, Kansas City going up against the Raiders. The Raiders getting nine and a half. I loved Jared Stidham coming out of college. And um, I was thoroughly impressed when the uh, when the Patriots drafted him, and I I I I was expecting bigger and better from him. So the fact that he came out and threw for three hundred sixty five yards it. and three touchdowns against the Forty ers and this is a Raiders team that put up oh, five hundred yards against the Forty ers They averaged seven point six yards per play against the Forty ers are you kidding me? So, like, I, I think there's something here, and I think this is more than just, and not this is not a knock on Derek Carr. Because, trust me, Derek Carr is going to be starting quarterback next year in the NFL for some team. There are a number of teams that um, that are going to want his services. This is a knock on Derek Carr. But I think this is Josh McDaniels being a part of the Patriots organization, knowing what he had in, in, in Jared Stidham, and knowing that maybe he was just a quarterback that needed to be developed. Don't be surprised if Jared Stidham is the starting quarterback for the Raiders next year. I know also that Devontae Adams came out this week and said that he wants a say in who's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, I would too, of course, because he signed up to leave the Green Bay Packers to come to the Raiders um, thinking that he was going to play with his high school buddy and best friend, Derek Carr, and obviously that now has fallen by the wayside. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see how this plays out. I'm expecting another big game from Jared Stidham. So if you play DFS, tee him up. This is a Kansas City Chief uh, defense. They're, they just they have not been good. I mean, listen, Denver put up 24 points against them. Denver could put up 24 points against them. I think Stidham and the Raiders can with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Renfro's back. Heck, and you've got Josh Jacobs who's looking for, um, you know, to, to get that rushing title this season. So I do like the Raiders in Saturday's game. Okay, so I'm going to play them at plus nine and a half. As for Tennessee and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars are favored by six. The over-under is at 40. Um, I think Tennessee covers, so I'm going to take Tennessee with the points. But I do believe the Jags win the game. I think the Jags are the better team. I think Trevor Lawrence has a field day against the Tennessee Titans uh, passing defense, uh, which is really, really bad. Uh, Tennessee's defense has gotten healthier because don't forget last week they used that as a bye week. Derrick Henry, I'm sure he's going to come out. I'm sure he's going to rush for over 100 yards. 
Uh, I'm sure the defense is going to do well against the Jags rushing game, but I think it all comes down to Trevor Lawrence. I think he puts on a show. Also, my favorite bet in this is Zay Jones. He's got a $250,000 incentive and a $500,000 incentive uh, to hit some reception and receiving yards statistics. So I like Zay Jones over four and a half receptions and Zay Jones over 49 and a half receiving yards. Probably my favorite bet in this matchup. Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence have developed a really good chemistry, really good friendship. And you're talking about $250,000, almost a half a million dollars, $500,000 as well. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to feed him big time to make sure that his buddy gets that money. So, um, so that's how I'm playing the two Saturday games. Quick break. We come back. Like I said, Andre Snellings is going to join us. We'll switch gears. Let's talk some NBA, getting you ready for tomorrow night's action. Again, the Lakers taking on the Hawks. How's Andre playing it? We'll find out next right here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Andre Snellings joins us now, ESPN senior writer, NBA analytics guru extraordinaire, one of my partners in crime when it comes to, of course, all things gambling at ESPN. Andre, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. And yeah, I'm I, having a great night. You know, I, I just had a parlay hit, so. You know, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm I'm playing with house money uh, for the next little bit. I love it. I love it. So what was by the way? So what was your parlay? What what hit for you tonight in the NBA? Yeah, I went with player props. So I had uh, John Morant and Paolo uh, Banquero uh, mm-hmm. over on points, and then I I followed that up with um with uh, Jalen Green and um and Laurie Markkinen over in points, and all, all four of them had big scoring nights. And so Andre's a happy guy. Yeah, I so um, so as you know, of course, uh, the LA team, the Clippers, taking on Denver. I, I had Denver minus one in the first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, it was thirty-two to fifteen. So that won for me. And isn't it great when you when you wager and you gamble on a quarter or a half, and then you win that? Now you feel really good because now you're playing with house money, right? Like exactly. Like God, like God, like God forbid, you know uh, you, the, that that backdoor cover. Um, happens and you're like, oh snap! But you know what? I, you know, I, I was up at the half or I was up at the quarter. You know, Denver's just looking. Denver plays so well. They've been so dominant at home. Uh, they've really been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Clippers uh, coming into this game, they had lost three straight. I really wasn't sure if Paul George was going to play tonight because of the hammy, but of course he did mm-hmm. as well as Kawhi. Uh, re- really quick before we start talking about, because I, I know I wanted to have you on so we can kind of look forward to Friday and Saturday games, help the folks win some money uh, on Friday night as well as uh, as, as, as well as in, into the weekend, and, and we're going to look at some futures bets. Uh, but but what what's your thoughts about this this Clippers team and and how far you know do you feel that they can go in the West? Yeah, so this Clippers team is interesting. When it first got put together, the most of the basketball world said they're going to be world beaters, a lot like what happened with the Nets. And at the time, uh, I felt like I was on the wrong side of history because I was like, I don't know if I see you know them, them just ru- ru- you know 
wrecking shop over everybody. Mm-hmm. And so now we're a few years later, a bunch of injuries later. Um, but what's happened is that the West has come back to them, in my opinion. Like, there, there just aren't any dominant teams in the West this year. And the Clippers, for as gitchy as they've been all year, they're, they're tied for first in, in, in the Pacific Division. So I think that if Kawhi stays healthy and George stays healthy and they're able to get 35 games under their belt the rest of the year, I would say that, you know, they should at least be a contender in the West. I'm not going to say they'd be a favorite, but there's not really any team out there that I see that I don't think they could beat if they're playing their best. Yeah, uh, and you know, but but the really big question is if capital letters bold print if Kawhi <laughs> and, and and Paul George can stay healthy. I wasn't sure if they were going to play tonight, but of sure, uh, but of of course they both uh, suited up. Uh, all right, uh, Andre, let's let's talk about another LA team, and that's the Lakers. Uh, they play tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks at home. They'll be hosting. I know no word yet whether or not LeBron James is is playing or not. But with that being said, and unfortunately, there's not. A spread. There's the spread has has not hit the slate yet, unfortunately. But but your thoughts in regard to this matchup? What do you anticipate? I'm, I'm going to have you put on that odds makers hat for a second. Uh, what yeah. line do you what line do you think comes down in the course of later on tonight or tomorrow morning? And 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 your thoughts on this matchup for the Lakers going up against the Hawks? Yeah. So it's a home game for the Lakers. But the Lakers are still well under 500. I guess they're 17 and 21 after their three-game uh, winning streak. The Hawks, interestingly enough, are under 500 themselves. They're they're only a game ahead of the Lakers. But I kind of feel like because they would be in the playoff picture in the East if the season ended today, and they were a little more highly thought of than the Lakers were coming in. I feel like it'll either be like a, a pick'em game, or that the Hawks might actually. Um, you know, be favored by by a point or two in this matchup. And for me, I like the way the Lakers are playing a lot better than the way the Hawks are playing, even, you know, without Anthony Davis, especially if LeBron plays, or particularly, I should say, if LeBron plays. I would um, take the Lakers in a pick em, or especially if they're getting any points, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would take those and, and take the Lakers to win this matchup. Because the Hawks just, a few weeks ago, there was rumors of, of kind of Trey Young and, and the Hawks coach kind of being on the outs, and, mm-hmm. and it led yep. to this awkward interview with Trey Young, and, and they just haven't played well since then, you know? So they just don't, they seem to be out of sorts. And LeBron is playing like he's 28, and <laughs> he's just a mismatch. There's nobody on the Hawks capable of slowing him down and quietly as we saw the other night when LeBron didn't play and the Lakers won anyway Russell Westbrook is still able to put things together in spurts and Trey Young has never been the best defender and he's a little dude you know Russell Westbrook's like a, a running back so you know I, I just feel like the Lakers could beat up on the Hawks especially playing at home and if they get any kind of outside shooting I think they could win the matchup. Yeah, Westbrook favored to be six man off the bench this season, uh, and if you recall, was not happy with that role when the season began. Um, but with that being said, let's take a look at some of the other games that are on tap tomorrow, and one here on my coast, and that's the Knicks going up against the Raptors. The Knicks are uh, getting three and a half. Toronto's favored by three. The over under is two twenty and a half. You know, this is a really interesting Knicks team, right? Like. Julius Randle, I, I think the moves and in, in the decisions, uh, bringing in Brunson and, and, and what this organization has done 
has really got Julius Randle back into his groove, right? Stella found her groove again with Julius Randle here in New York. <laughs> but but I but I've 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 posed the question on on my radio shows here in New York is is this the right time to potentially trade Julius Randle, right? Because think about it for a second. Even if the Knicks get in, I think if they get into the playoffs, it's in that play-in, right? It's in that play-in mm-hmm. game. And and realistically, how far do you think they'll go? I truly don't believe that that Julius Randle's value um, will be as good as it is right now for another team that is looking at him and saying, man, he's having such a great season, averaging 25 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. Let, let, let's, you know, that's a piece we need to really help this team possibly win a championship. And we know how much uh, stock, draft stock, this Knicks team has, and they're still in the process of building for the future with a lot of young talent. I'm just throwing that out there. I'd love to get your thoughts yeah. on that after you, you talk about this matchup tomorrow night against the Raptors. Yeah, so I, it's interesting to me that the Knicks are the team that's getting the points. Um, I'll take them. I'll take the Knicks with the points over the Raptors. Um, I've, I've been high on the Raptors for the last two years. You know, they were supposed to be starting a rebuild going into last season. And I, I could see early that they had some talent that was going to fit in the NBA after the, the rule changes. Um, they, they were more built for that without a lot of ISO guys. And, and they had a lot of long, uh, lanky wing defenders. And, and so I like the Raptors a lot, but they just haven't been playing well this year. They've lost two in a row, and, and they're like three and seven in their last ten games. Whereas the Knicks, especially when Brunson is healthy, they've been froggy this year. I think they've won three in a row, and – they're a team that, that, to me, they aren't maybe as talented overall as the Raptors, but I think they're just playing much better as a team. So if you're going to give me points with the better team, uh, yes, please. As far as what you were saying about, <laughs> as far as what you were saying about Randall, and I still can't get the mental image of Randall as Stella, so it's like Angela Bassett in a bikini, like like that. I, I thank you. I, I can't unsee that. But, um, but, but you know, you, you raise a good point as far as his trade value goes. So we've seen in the last few years what Randall's kind of upside is with, with these Knicks, right? He, like you said, he's averaging about 25 and 10. Um, he, he's been an all-star. And so if, they, if the Knicks could trade him as a 25 and 10, still relatively young all-star big man, then you would – the, the type of haul you would expect for that type of package with no name on it, if they can get that back, then, yeah, I definitely think that, that you know, he's a player that could be on the move. Um, he's not the best player on a, a, a championship contender. He might not even be the second best player on a championship contender. Uh, Brunson has come in, and because he's handling the ball, he's a true point guard, it's allowed Randall to go back to what he does best instead of having to create for everyone um, like he did maybe in years past. Now he can be a finisher more, a finisher that can pass. So he, he's a, a, a valuable player. But I, I, I do agree with you that um, his pedigree or his numbers may be a little bit more valuable than what he actually is impact-wise on the court. So if the Knicks can do something to facilitate uh, trying to use his value to get back into the championship contention, I think they might have to go for it because I don't think he will be the ticket for them getting to that next level. 
I hear you. Andre Snelling's joining us now on uh, 710 ESPN LA. Uh, some player props you are all about uh, heading into tomorrow. I'm going to I'm gonna tee them up for you. You tell us why. Halliburton going up against um, the Pacers. Who are they facing tomorrow? I'm sorry, the Trailblazers. Um, over 19 and a half points. Why? Yeah, because Halliburton is like a metronome as far as production on the whole. The thing is, sometimes he does it with points, and sometimes he does it with assists. He does it with points more often than not, though. He's, um, you know, and when he does, he tends to go well over 20, like 24, 25, 26. And he's facing a Trailblazers team where Damian Lillard's not the greatest defender, but he is one that can uh, get into shootouts. And so I, I see Halliburton um, – uh, maybe letting his teammates get involved early, but maybe doing like he did uh, the other night where he scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I, I think he has that kind of streak shooting that, um, you know, 19 and a half for the game is, is very doable for him. The Pelicans home in New Orleans taking on the net. C.J. McCollum over 25 and a half points. No Zion. Is that a big, big reason why? Yes, that's absolutely the reason why. Mm-hmm. Um when there's no Zion, when there's no Brandon Ingram, the Pelicans run through CJ. And, you know, typically I remember the last time Zion went down and I was looking at, at, at uh, CJ's props for the night. I think they had it set at like 22 and a half. And I, I went 30 or over, and I think he scored 36 or something. So it's like he is an explosive scorer, and he's the primary scorer on a team full of role players outside of Ingram and Williamson. The rest of the, the Pelicans lineup is full of defenders, you know, 3 and D, um, you know, or, or just pure shooters or rebounders. They don't have anybody else that's like a, a primary point producer. So that's McCollum's role, and he fills it well when, when Zion and Ingram are out. Anthony Ant-Man Edwards, the T-Wolves, taking oh, on yeah. the Clippers. So this will be a, a, a ba- second of a back-to-back for L.A. tomorrow. Over 26.5 points. Tell us why. Because he does it every game now. He's, he's, he's gone over 26.5 points in seven straight games now. He's averaged 29.6 uh, in those games. With Carl Anthony Towns out, he settled in as the clear primary uh, scoring option for the Timberwolves. And he's consistent because, you know, he, doesn't, he never drops 40, but he doesn't drop 25. He's between 27 and 32 pretty much every game. And so I'm, I'm expecting him to continue that tomorrow. And, you know, he's, he, like you said, he's the Ant-Man. He's, he, he's turning into his own type of superhero and uh, one of my favorite props uh, pretty much every time out. <laughs> I love it. Before we let you go, Futures Bet Championship, Celtics favored 3-1. The Nets in the discussion. What a season they're having at plus 550. The Bucks plus 650. So the odds makers loving a team coming out of the East to win the championship. Warriors 8-1, Clippers 9-1, Denver 11-1, Memphis 13-1. But some value with the 76ers and the Cleveland Cavs at 20-1. Where's your money flowing right now, Andre? Yeah, so I think that the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. So all things being equal and, and health guaranteed, I would think that they should be favored to win the championship. But, you know, a team like the 76ers or the Cavs, they're both really good. Like, I would make the argument that both of those teams are better than any of the teams in the West right now unless and until the Warriors get their mojo back. And so when I look at teams that are 
very capable of winning a championship that are playing at a high level, if I can get them at 20 to 1 halfway through the season, I think that's pretty good value. So the 76ers in particular, the Cavs, uh, you know, with Donovan Mitchell, anything is possible. The sky's the limit for them. But they're still a young team that's coming together. The 76ers are veterans. You know, Embiid has been runner-up in the MVP vote two years in a row. Jace Harden's been an MVP. Like, this is a team that's ready to compete. And they're difficult to match up with in the playoffs when it becomes about size and defense and rebounding. You know, the 76ers are built for that game. So at 20-1, to I I would put my money on the 76ers before I would any of the other teams in the Atlantic Division um, at the current odds. Love it, Andre. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it. Happy New Year's to uh, to you, my friend. Yes, to you too. And uh, I look forward to the next time. You got it. Andre Snelling's joining us here on 710 uh, ESPN, talking all things NBA, getting you ready uh, for tomorrow night. And of course, uh, futures bets heading into as we get closer to the postseason. Still a lot more coming your way. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back again. Andres, Andre Snellings joining us. By the way, that Lakers line has hit and the Lakers are home dogs. Getting one, not a lot, but plus one at home. And, and hopefully, of course, LeBron will play tomorrow. Uh, that's the side that Andre is on. Some games tonight. Grizzlies took care of the Magic, 123-115. to Celtics over the Mavs, 124-95. to Luka only 23 points, nine rebounds. Average, below average night for him. Uh, the Jazz took care of the Rockets, 131 to 111. And of course, uh, we talked about it uh, throughout the show. The Nuggets uh, beat the Clippers pretty badly, uh, 122 to 91. Uh, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard started the game, played, but did not play very many minutes. Um, I, the writing was on the wall. Uh, that's for sure, and uh, and and they uh, they they took the night off uh, right after. I don't even think they played a minute after the after the half, right, guys? I, I don't believe I saw them on the court after the half. Yeah, I didn't see. So, them. yeah, I didn't either. Uh, again, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We're going to kick off hour number three coming your way in just a few minutes. Jason Fitz, you hear him all over ESPN radio on national. Of course, he's got his own show. Also really tapped into college football. Uh, when he comes back, we're going to do a deep dive into that TCU Georgia national championship game that you'll be able to watch uh, on, uh, on, on Monday night. So we'll talk some college football. Um, also Bill Barnwell, who, uh, has such great insight on the NFL. You can see his columns on ESPN.com. He's going to join us on the program as well. And we'll talk some more NFL with you, getting you ready for week 18 of the NFL season. But before we take a break, it is golf season. That's right. If you know anything about me, um, I am an avid golfer, pretty much addicted. I know there's worse things to be addicted to, although my bank account would disagree. Um, Century Tournament of Champions taking place uh, in in uh, Hawaii, the uh, the plantation course, and you can go to my Twitter 
full transparency. I tell you when I'm right. I tell you when I'm wrong. Uh, this morning, I told you who to gamble on in this tournament, and hopefully you took my advice. I said, John Rahm's going to win this bad boy. Sure enough, he's at the top leaderboard. He's tied for first with Morikawa um, as well, and they're both nine under, just FYI. Uh, so they shot a 64 today. Why did I like John Rahm? Here are the metrics that you need in order to win on this course, and Rahm has done well here. Um, driving distance, uh, the last year, Rahm is top 12. Uh, greens in regulation the last year, Rom is tied for eighth. Uh, probably one of the biggest metrics, strokes gain T to green. Rom is second best in the past year. Par four scoring, Rom is tied for ninth and putting. Um, he is not in the yearly statistics, but he did finish the season strong last year. So I was expecting him to pick up where he left off. So sure enough, Rom at the top of the leaderboard. Who are some of the other? And by the way, you could still wager that Rom's going to win this bad boy at plus 240. Okay? Plus 240. I want to see when the tournament began. I think I got him at 8 to 1. Uh, but, uh, but now it's plus, or maybe 11 to 1. But it's plus 240. Okay? I still think that there's value there. I do like Rom a lot. Another dude that I thought, and, and still think, I, I mean, listen, he's two shots back, and that's Sanjay M. Uh, and he is seven under. Loved him coming into this tournament as well. He has done exceptionally well at this course on this track. Big reason why I liked him. Again, he's two shots back, tied for fifth, and you could get him at 12 to one. Some other plays that I liked heading in, um, I liked Wise, Aaron Wise. Uh, he as well as two shots back. You can get him to finish in the top five at plus 330 or to finish in the top 10 at plus 175. Also, the Gala loved him coming in. He is tied for 11th. He is six under, so he's three shots back. And, um, and you could get him to finish in the top 10 at two to one. Okay. Uh, he has ever since this season has started and it's only been a few months. Um, he is, uh, top three in driving distance. He is, um, first in par four scoring and he is fourth in putting so far this season in, in regards to the metrics that you need to pay attention to. So again, the gala to finish in the top 10, you could get him at two to one. I like Spieth as well. Uh, always does well here, pretty much averages a round of 66. This is a course because it's, you've got to be creative here, and that's something that Spieth excels at. So for Spieth to finish in the top 10 is plus 115. Brian Harmon to finish in the top 20 is minus 140. Uh, JT Poston to finish in the top 20 is plus 110. And Hoagie to finish in the top five is plus 550. To finish in the top 10 is plus 190. So those are the guys that I am going to double up on. Because how I saw them play today, how this course fits their game, and the metrics you need to win here. So Rom and M potentially to win. I'll also put money down on them to finish in the top five and top ten. Aaron Weiss, The Gala, Spieth, Hoagie, Poston, and Harmon. Those are the cats uh, that I'm going to be focusing on the next three days, as well as playing them in a number of DFS as well. Okay? Um, quick break. We come back. Let's talk some college football. TCU. Nobody respects them. <laughs> okay. I, Georgia's favored by 12 and a half, 13 in some places. Is this finally the game 
the national championship that we buy in to the Horned Frogs. We'll talk to Jason Fitz when we get back. We'll kick off our number three, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.